Hello, we are back and this is 633 Wake Up Podcast and our season three, Because I Said So. I am Kimberly Belrose, faith coach, and I'm with Sharon McComb, certified life coach, as we've joined forces in the pursuit of the more and better life. As Christian women, we looked first to our faith. What we've discovered, each of us, for our own lives, is that it's not because we say so, but because God says so. Jesus said he made a way to have a more and better life. And he left so that we can have Holy Spirit to help and guide us in that. Welcome. Join in our journey. Bring an open mind and an open heart, an ear to hear and a willingness to submit. This pursuit is for you, too. Hello, Kimberly. Hello, Sharon. We have been talking a little bit about our faith journeys and and this question. Do we get a say? Do we bring goodness to God? Or is it the other way around? What does it look like in our lives? And right. Sharon is going to share... Because uh, we're sticking in Romans twelve, people, we're gonna be there for a while. We're gonna we're gonna hunker down in here, and we're gonna take it almost by verse by verse. And yes, I have a hard time deciding whether Matthew six or Romans twelve are my favorite portions of the Bible. But we're staying here for a while. So today we're looking at Romans twelve, verse three. And Sharon's going to go ahead now and share from the New King James Version. Okay. I think either Matthew 6 or this chapter are both very meaty in that um, they have what is needed to sustain us in our Christian walk, right? I think there's really good stuff in both. Um, So maybe we'll do Matthew next, Kimberly. Yeah. (laughs) Something to look forward to. So in the, New King, in the New King James Version, Romans 12, verse 3, says, for, and it's Paul speaking here, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt with each one a measure of faith. Yeah, I love yeah, that. I do too. It, it's a humbling little verse, isn't it? Um, I looked up soberly, and uh, it means um, not too emotionally hmm. and not too excessively. It means um, uh, serious thinking. You know, to be sober-minded is to be serious, to be calm, to be a little bit rational, Right. And uh, so um, the last part of the verse says um, not to think more than of ourselves than we should, but to think soberly. But So to think seriously, because God has given each of us a measure of faith. Yes. And I like that part. Yeah, me too. Okay, so the message Bible says it this way. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture. Nope, I'm sorry, people. I started the wrong verse. It's verse three. 
I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me, and especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. Living then as every one of you does in pure grace, it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. Mm. Now, I always am amazed how God brings things together in my life at the right time to bring fuller understanding of um, what it means to me and today and what it meant to me years ago. And, um, you know, as most of our listeners know, I also have a blog called Wind Words. And so I periodically get fresh wind words, things that the Spirit of God blows into me. But God also has my face stuck in 30 years of journals that I have recorded experiences and visions and things uh, that have happened to me and through me in my journey. And so that that's what happened this week. I came across one that really shook me up in a new way for the day that we're living in right now. And um, so... This was a vision that I had uh, a number of years ago, and I saw one of those old-fashioned oil lamps, and <coughs> it Sorry. was lit in a dark room. But here was the interesting thing. It's like it had a sad face. The oil lamp was very unhappy with where it was placed. And then the Lord said to me in the vision, um, he asked me a question, and it was this. What right does the oil lamp have to say where it's placed? The lamp's job is to be willing to be moved, to be positioned, and opened to be filled with oil. And it's God's job. To light the lamp. And place it. Yes. And so, you know, there's more of that. And I might share, you know, in a, a soon windward on my blog. But I felt like that it really connected with this scripture today. And not um, thinking that we bring any goodness to God. But that God brings it to us. Right. And when you think about a lamp in your home, you know, you might have a really nice, beautiful lamp, very expensive, right? But who decides where that lamp goes? Is it the owner of the lamp and the home? Or is it um, the lamp? You know, yeah. if you put if you put the lamp on your bed, on your nightstand, and it says, hey, you know, does it have a right to say, wait a minute, I'm more important than this. I want the center of the dining room table. Right. Or can it say, you know, I want outside to draw attention to your home 
you know, no, the lamp doesn't get a choice. The owner of the lamp and the home does. So how maybe do you think that compares to our scripture today? Well, I think it it, it really feeds into it because um, when, I mean, let me go back a little bit to what you said at first about the part where, um, you know, do we have the right, right? Um, and, and does God, um, do we bring goodness to God or does God bring goodness to us? And it's when we <clears throat> mistakenly get into a place where we are like that little lamp that's not happy with what God is doing for them. Um, I think we are uh, coming from a place where we think we do the good for God. Right? Yeah. And that is thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Which, I mean, I want to point out in my, in my version, um, it's not a suggestion. Yeah. Paul's not saying it as a suggestion, right? Um, it says, I say, don't think more highly of yourself, basically. And when you think about back to when you went to grammar school, I mean, that's not, it's not a question. It's not a statement, right? It's a command. And, um, and so... I don't want to get to that place where I think more highly of myself and think I should have a right to determine where I'm going to be like your little lamp. Right. And, and so when you go back and you look at who brings the goodness, that would be me thinking I have a right to say where I'm going to serve God. Yes. That's me being good to God. Right. When really we're to humble ourselves not think more highly of ourselves than we should and allow God to make the decision because it's him that determines what's good for us, right? He brings all everything to us, you know, and, and really all this, to me, this, this verse is about humility and submission. Yeah. Which is what, you know, in your vision, God is saying to the lamp, does he have a right? Right. To choose. No. Does he get a say? No. Yeah. One of the things that I often question, and this could uh, really raise some eyebrows in our listeners, because, I mean, you and I as friends have often had this conversation, um, but and we've heard it from uh, churches and books and ministries worldwide. Um, that when it comes to salvation, when it comes to the salvation prayer, you know, I've been in, yep, I've been in children's programs. I've been in huge conferences from people all over the world. I've listened to, uh, you know, churches from anywhere and everywhere. And most of the time, the way a call for salvation is put out to the people um, is that we invite Jesus into our heart. 
that we invite Jesus into our life. And I honestly don't remember if I that is how it was worded when I walked forward and gave my life. But I hope that my listeners, our listeners, just caught the difference that I said. I'm not sure how it was worded when I gave my life. Right. Because I've never understood how we invite Jesus into our life and we invite him into the world like he's a tag on, like he's a tag along. Mm-hmm. Because I, I believe that we need to become like that lamp. We don't get a say where we are, what we do, and where we're placed. Because salvation is giving your life up. It's yeah. surrender. Yeah, it's total surrender. Um, I struggle over that too, as you know, um, because it really puts the, the power in our hand. Like right? we're doing something good for God. We're doing something, we're doing him a favor. You know, I'll invite you into my heart. I'll give you my heart, right? Um, and I understand that there is choice involved. You know, we have free will. We can deny when God calls us. But when God is calling to you, you can only, I think personally, you can only deny him so long until he, you know, he gets hold of you. But it's not his, it's not our heart that he wants. It's our life. It's our surrender. When you give, when you allow him to come into your heart, that's focusing on, you know, uh, wow, do I even want to go here? Um. And the whole love, right? And this is something that I struggle with. I'm going to just be honest with our listeners here. I really struggle with the complete, almost almost complete focus that churches have on the love factor. And, I mean, God is love. This is true, right? It's because of love that he sent Jesus. It's because of love that Jesus died on the cross right it's it's all that's because of love and that that is a big part of our faith that god loves us so we should love him and i i do believe that however it's not the only part right there also has to be fear of god you know there has to be that understanding of who god is and how big he is and how big we are not yes Right? That humbleness that is is not the focus. You know? It's all about um it's all about me in church. He loves me. He'll do good for me. Right? And it's all true, but it's not the whole truth. Because he'll do those things if I'm if I'm submitted to him. He wants my life. Jesus said. Pick up your cross, die daily, and follow me. Yeah. Right? He didn't say, if you love me, you're good. Right? There's more to it. And I, and so this, I'll accept him into my heart. That's the love part. We need to also say, but I'm going to give him over my whole life. Yeah. Right? And that's the giving up the say that we're talking about. 
that we're not going to think we're all that, that we have a, you know, we have a right, like your little lamp, right? You know, we're going to submit ourselves in our whole life to God. Yeah. Right? I also want to say, though, that I know that that's a process getting to that place. That's Holy Spirit working in your life. Right? But for Holy Spirit to work in your life, you have to be submitting. I really believe that. Yes. I, so I, I put myself on a limb. You know how I feel about that now. <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple of things come to my mind. Um, the one thing that comes to my mind is, uh, you know, he's a good, good father. Yes, he is. And he, and he loves us. He is love. But a good, good father also disciplines. And, you know, if we don't understand or I hunger for that now, I'm sure I didn't in the beginning days of my journey of faith. But now it's like, God, I am trusting you to discipline me, to show me where I'm wrong, to, you know, it's like, I need that. And now there's many times, and I've shared a few in this in this podcast and in my win words that, you know, I'm a li- I get a little ticked off when he says, no, you can't do that. No, you can't go. No, you can't do this, right? But when you think of, you know, and parenting today is different. We know that. But, you know, and I know parenting, the way I was raised was different from my parents. You know, they were even stricter than I was. And my children aren't as strict as I was with their children. Um, mm-hmm. That's another whole topic. <laughs> so we're not yeah. going to go there. But we go there. To, just to know that we still have our part. We always have our part. And I have said also that that little word, I-F, Mm-hmm. is a very big word in the word of God and what's required of us. You know, something that comes to my mind is, you know, we we quote this all the time as believers that he, you know, he'll your word says you'll give me the desires of my heart. Well, there's an if in there. <laughs> you know, he's not going to give me a a Cadillac if I that's the desire of my heart. Um, you know, but he might, you know, he might give me a cow because that's what I want. You know what? We have the, we have the stories of my chickens, right? Again, another day. But want a cow. Yeah. When, when we have positioned ourselves, like you said, that, that process of, I, you know, I've invited you into my heart kind of thing, but then we grow into that. I surrender you my life's. We grow into that transformation that we talked about last week. And uh, we, you know, we we grow into that time where, you know, we give our whole life as an offering. When we are positioned that way, this is the most amazing, magical thing that happens is the desires of our heart are aligned with his heart. That's right. And that's why he gives us the desires of our heart, because they're aligned, they're in humility, they're in, you know, and I'm not saying I'm not selfish, 
in some areas where I, you know, I might want a new, I don't know, new something. And, and I can pray that, but God can be quick to show me if it's not right for me. Okay. Now, the other thing that came to my mind very quickly, and I remember this from years ago, and I know, Sharon, that you've experienced this in your life, and I am as well. Um, and it comes to my mind where uh, the house, have you heard read those poems where it talks about we have many rooms in our house? And so, you know, something that's coming to my mind is, you know, Jesus is knocking on your door. He's knocking on the door of your heart and you let him in, right? So you let him in and you maybe let him into the front door. And as we trust a little bit, you know, come on in, come on into my living room, have a seat. We trust him a little bit more and it's like, oh, come on into the kitchen and have dinner with me. And we're willing to expose what we put into our bodies. Right? And then mm-hmm. it's like, and then it becomes a little more intimate. And, you know, it's come into my relationships, which are signified by inviting, inviting God into the bedroom of our house. You know, and these are all, uh, what's the word I want? Metaphors? Yep. For the different p- parts of our lives. You know, but it takes time it takes growth most of for most of us maybe some of us are pretty easy i don't know not my experience but it takes time to let him into our closets and our attic and our basement and those are the areas where all the crap is mm-hmm. where all the pain is where all the fears are it is where, you know, the skeletons are. And so that surrender is growth. And I find it very interesting as human beings, but I believe we all do this, that we believe we do get a say of where he goes within us. And we get a say of how much we show him, allow him, you know. And when you really think about it, I mean, come on, God is God. Is that crazy that we really set boundaries with the God of the universe, thinking that we can metaphorically keep him out of those places that we hide? I mean, come on, think about it. What a joke. He knows it all anyway. He knows what we think. He knows what we're going to say before we say it, right? That all comes back to understanding who God really is according yes. to his word, right? It comes back to focusing, accepting, okay, I'm, I'm now saved by the blood of Jesus because God loved me. And that, that I mean, I felt such overwhelming gratitude right i do all the time that i think about it you know i'm i'm always overwhelmed by the gratitude that jesus loved me enough that he died for me right it can be overwhelming really but i mean you can't focus only on that you have to know who god is and when you start to really come to an understanding of how 
who this God is that we say we worship, then, I mean, it, it is a joke to, to assume that we have not just the right, but the power to keep him out of certain parts of our life, right? Um, and if, if, if we're shutting doors to him in our lives, then um, we really need to look at our salvation. I know that's a strong sentence. That's a strong statement I'm making. But go back to your salvation and say, what does this really mean? that I'm saved because if it means that, you know, God loves me and I'm going to heaven and I'll go to church and I'll be a good person. That's not what salvation's all about. Right. You want to, you want to go back to the beginning and say, okay, let's start again. What's salvation all about? Maybe talk to somebody, your pastor or Christian counselor, or get on your knees in front of God and say, you know what, do I have it wrong? Right? Because I don't want to keep you out of my life. And I'm, I mean, I'm talking from my own experience here. I have been very hard. Well, I hate saying it, but very hard hearted sometimes when it comes to God. And and it's only through his banging on the doors of certain rooms inside my life that I, I have ended up on my knees saying, you know what, God, I think I'm doing it wrong. You know, I'm so sorry. Show me the right way. Teach me what you want me to know. I mean, the, the Bible says the Holy Spirit's our best teacher, right? So, I mean, if, if we're somebody who questions, you know, whether or not... Uh, we really think we bring the goodness to God? Or are we accepting of the fact that everything we have, every good thing, every bad thing, everything, God brings to us? Why? Why is he doing it? It's for his purpose, his plan, right? We serve him. So if you're someone who is, this is kind of resonating with, or even... The Holy Spirit's using this to convict you just a little bit. You know, go before God. Yeah. That's, you know, that's the best thing we can ever do. And make sure you're not thinking too highly of yourself. Right? I want to focus on this last little bit again about, um, it says, God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Right? We have to stand on that measure of faith. I think. You know, and it's that measure of faith that's going to get us to the point where we stop thinking so highly of ourselves. True. What are your thoughts on that, Kim? On that faith piece? Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I That faith piece always comes back to my vision of the pregnancy test. Always. Oh, yeah. Because, um, you know, a few years back, I was really struggling and um, regarding the two words, faith and hope. And I 
kind of thought they were the same thing. And I, and anyway, so God and I had been having a few weeks reading and conversation. And then um, one day out of the blue, I wasn't praying about it at that very moment. But anyways, I saw a vision and, you know, the woman was trying to get pregnant, right? And as she took the pregnancy test, she was hoping that she'd been pregnant. She'd been working at it. She'd been trying. She, you know, she was taking the test. She was hoping she was pregnant. But when she saw the positive test result, it changed to faith. She knew she was pregnant. And so that measure of faith, I think as believers, we often stand in hope, thinking thinking that we are standing in faith. What is the difference? One is hoping it'll work out. And the other one is, I know my God. I know my God. God is always a positive test result. You know, and it might not look like that from our perspective. Because we have ways of thinking highly, more highly than we ought. When we know, we think we want how, how we want something to turn out, how we right. want someone to be healed, how we want money a raise, how we want uh, that relationship, how we want whatever. We have this idea in our lives of faith that we get a say of how it's going to work out. And that is living in hope that God will do it for you. Where living in faith is knowing and trusting that he's always a positive result because he turns all things for good for those who believe in him. Right. And so I just want to close with two different ways for our listeners to hear the difference in a prayer. Um, okay, so Sharon, before I close... Yeah, before you do that, I just want to come back around to the message version of this verse, which is Romans 12, verse 3. And it ends with the only accurate way to understand ourselves, who we are, and what we're about, and what we're supposed to do. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is. That's what we're talking about. Who this God is, right? By what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. And, I mean, that's just, I don't think you can get clearer language no. about this. You know, we have to understand who we are in relationship to God. And that will humble us. That will make us sober-minded. Right? And that that will give us faith. That's yeah. what makes the difference, right? From hope to faith. We know who God is. That's right. We know what he's going to do for us. 
That's mm-hmm. all I want to say. I absolutely 100% agree. And um, I was going to close with that portion of scripture. Oh, awesome. <laughs> That's okay. We're on the same page. We are on the same page. And I remember my prayer life being something like this. It's like, God, you know, I I just, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. I want this. I want this. Uh, you know, I'm going here today and I need to do this. Will you make sure that the traffic's okay? Will you protect me from accidents? Will you, you know, it's like, uh, I hope, remind my husband to bring me flowers, uh, you know, Remind, you know, all of these kind of prayers. And it was like my beginning days of faith were almost like uh, that he was a genie in a bottle, that he was my fairy godfather. And, and if I, you asked hard enough, he might do it for you. Right. Right. And it was like... Um, Almost, when I look back at myself, I feel like I reacted and acted like a spoiled child. My faith went up and down like a roller coaster when I got what I wanted or what I didn't. And anyway, so in now my prayer life is a, something like, um, God, thank you for this day. I am so glad that you chose me. I am so thankful that you love my husband and my kids more than I do, that you make a way where there seems to be no way, and I give you my day. Any opportunity that I have to do good for you, show me. Lead me. Guide me. This is your day, and I will rejoice. So that's what I want our listeners to leave with is that attitude and that question of who, what God are you serving? And do you think you get a say? So we bless you for being here. And we bless you for sharing. We bless you for giving encouraging words and being a light wherever you are. And until next time, be blessed and be a blessing.